and welcome back to the Flying Green Sports Podcast. We are your hosts, Michael Nania and Brian Neville, and it's an interesting time here on April 7th, kind of a midpoint here. We weren't totally sure what we should talk about because we got the draft coming up in, I think, 20 days exactly. Um, NBA playoffs are coming up, MLB season just started back up, so uh, quite a few different things going on here to potentially talk about. So, Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing good on this fine Friday, a couple days before Easter. Get a little relaxing days here. Get ready just to dive into my 24-hour straight scouting of every NFL prospect that there <laughs> is uh, possible to draft. So I'm about to start that here. Uh, right after we finish this, actually, diving into players from from Youngstown State and whatnot. So I'm, I'm ready. I'm looking forward. To- yeah, draft season always reminds me of good old days of being in marketing class or <laughs> English and just instead of reading mice and men and studying up, I'm actually watching the combine grinding some film. And it, it was kind of hard to watch the film because YouTube was blocked. So I would copy the YouTube link from Google, <laughs> download the MP4 and then get to watching my film that way. So humble beginnings as scouts, but now here we are GMs of our own teams. So <laughs> Uh, as GMs of our own teams yeah you're Howie Roseman I'm Joe Douglas or at least we replaced them they were the GMs but (laughs) they were they just got as professional GMs we we that's breaking news we should break that that's true that's true that this is where we're reporting this kind of like Aaron Rodgers going on Pat McAfee's podcast we're reporting this (laughs) to you straight through the the media here on podcast so anyway as professional GMs the number one place you go to get your draft information is, of course, the internet. So we're looking at the <laughs> consensus mock draft here, a mock draft database. And I, I think this is an interesting tool to kind of gauge what the landscape is looking like, maybe what the you know general opinion is around the internet of what might happen. So uh, I guess let's go through this consens- consensus mock draft here and maybe talk about some potential ways this top 10 could play out because... Eagles at number 10, Jets at number 13. Mm-hmm. Um, both of our teams are going to be very much affected by what goes on here at the top of the draft. So uh, what do you think for number one? The consensus mock draft is leaning C.J. Stroud, 68%, they're yeah. saying. Um, do you think that's the direction Panthers will go? Um, yeah, if I had to if I had to guess, I do think it will be Stroud. Um, as I talked about last uh Last episode, you know, these are obviously the one, one A, one B quarterbacks. You know, you kind of pick and choose who you want. And before the season finished, it always seemed like uh, Bryce Young was that, that number one guy, no matter what. And the Panthers make up the move, and ever since then, they've kind of been linked uh, to C.J. Stroud at his pro day, talking to him a whole bunch. So it kind of just seems that C.J. Stroud will be the locked-in number one pick. And I don't hate it. Um, C.J. Stroud's got all the tools that you'd want in a quarterback. Um, maybe just not as mobile as someone like Bryce Young with how the game is played today in the quarterbacks. It seems like every quarterback that is successful just has that ability just to take off with his legs. And not that C.J. Stroud can't do that or anything. Uh, Bryce Young's just a little more mobile, but C.J. Stroud can make all the throws that you want uh, a quarterback to make. So I don't mind the, that pick of C.J. Stroud if, if he was to be number one, which I would believe he would be. Yeah, and if that does happen to be the case, I mean, as you said, I think 
Stroud and Bryce Young are considered kind of the 1A and 1B, however you want to order it. So if Stroud goes number one, do we agree here that Bryce Young will be the Texans pick? Could we see them maybe swinging on Anthony Richardson or another quarterback here or just go with the same pick? That's the interesting one because Anthony Richardson lit it up at the combine at his pro day. He's got a huge arm. He runs a 4-4-40. He's got, you know, if you were to build the, like, the ultimate quarterback prospect, it would probably be him. You know, if you're to make someone a Madden, oh, let's make him 6'5", 6'6", 240, run a, run a 4-4 and be able to throw the ball 70-plus yards down the field. You know, he's he's a freak of nature. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it if the Texans took a chance on him, but he definitely is very raw and is probably a year away, multiple years away from reaching his true potential. But, hey, you know, the NFL draft, crazy things happen. And maybe new uh, D'Amico Ryan's out there in Houston says, hey, let me take a chance on a quarterback. And they do go Anthony Richardson. Um, but I, I doubt it. It's probably, probably the safer pick in Bryce Young, who is a very complete quarterback. But Anthony Richardson is, if you're going to take a chance on anyone in this draft, that would be the guy to do it. I mean, he is very interesting because, like, I know he's raw and, like, the production he had in college wasn't great, but you just look at him and there isn't a quarterback who I've ever seen who looks like that. And we've seen we've seen Cam Newton come up, we've seen Josh Allen, and those guys were freaks, but even compared to them, it's like Anthony Richardson is on another level. I mean, you pull up his you yeah. know, spider graph of all his uh, measurables and stuff, and it's just ridiculous. You put all this stuff together. I mean, a 244 pound quarterback running a four, four, three, and then his vertical is 40 and a half inches. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, this guy would be like one of the most athletic two guards in the NBA. So mm-hmm. you put him at quarterback. It, it's exciting to think about. And you've seen guys like Josh Allen put it together. Um, Patrick Mahomes was, you know, maybe not the same type of physical freak, but also like a raw quarterback with tools and he put it together. So those type of guys are always going to, you know, make teams confident that they can work with these type of guys and mold them. Uh, The pro day thing is interesting to me because look, as a Jets fan, my predecessor, Joe Douglas, he drafted Zach Wilson and (laughs) we know he had himself a great pro day. So after seeing that, it's hard for me to really, ever care about pro days because we saw Zach Wilson do the pivot and fade away throw 50 yards and to his credit yeah. he actually did do that in the Lions game this past year he finally pulled it out but uh it has not translated to much overall success so it's hard to trust the underwear throws and the controlled environment the speedos. That, yeah and there's that one throw Anthony Richardson made where it hit the ceiling of the yeah. roof. <laughs> it's like this is such a weird environment to evaluate quarterback. So, but but he's fascinating. Someone is going to pick him pretty early, and maybe it'll be here I think, in I think that be, four spot with the think, Colts. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say I think you know Bryce Young probably number two, and the the Cardinals at three is where it gets interesting because Will Anderson is an insane insanely gifted pass rusher, terrific player in his own right, who could just be the best overall player in the draft. Uh, but the Cardinals could look maybe trade down a little bit, say if a quarter uh, team wants to move up for a quarterback, like like uh, the Raiders, who I know just got Jimmy Garoppolo, or maybe the Titans uh, want to move up for someone like Anthony 
Richardson to jump the Colts, or maybe even the Colts move up a pick. You know, there's a bunch of scenarios with the Cardinals who probably won't take a quarterback if they stay. It would probably be Will Anderson. Um, but I think that's a, a great trade-up spot for a team if they want to move up to jump Indianapolis. Yeah, I think the Cardinals will probably stay there and take Will Anderson because he's the type of guy who usually, as even as a non-quarterback, would probably be number one pick. But mm-hmm. you know, to get him in the third spot feels like a great value, especially the Cardinals haven't been very good on defense the past few years. So I think they'll just sit there. But like you said, there should be some attractive trades to get ahead of the Colts. And maybe the Colts even jump the gun and try to make a little offer to secure that spot, make sure no one yeah. can get ahead of them. So um, I think it'll go as the consensus draft says here, Will Anderson third, Anthony Richardson fourth. Uh, so I guess would you lock that in and agree with that? No, yeah. If if all you know, this is we could you know before the draft comes out, we could have our whole first round mock draft trades and all. We could have a final yeah. one, but but right now, as twenty days before the draft starts, no trades, no nothing. I would say you know Stroud, Young, Anderson, then Anthony Richardson, and then Seattle is where it gets interesting because you know you have they need they need help on the D line. You got a who's Maybe up there with Will Anderson is the consensus number one in the in the class, and Jalen Carter, who has had recent troubles off the field and situation he's been in, bad pro day, out of shape, you know, whatever. But you know, I'd imagine that come football time when the season starts, I'd imagine he's back into shape, back into playing speed, and back to himself. So you have Jalen Carter there, or do they go with Tyree Wilson, who's just a, a size? speed kind of freak but also a great pass rusher in his end uh in his own at a texas tech so they have um a couple options there with where they want to go you know maybe even quarterback um but i doubt it maybe more like a second third round kind of pick for them because when you're picking a number five you're you're looking to make an impact because uh, they, they could be close to a playoff team so you're looking for uh an impact player i think there for seattle yeah i think this is where the draft could really start i mean the first few picks are going to be uncertain as well, but I think we know we'll see two or th- likely three quarterbacks up top here, and then it's at five where it all kind of opens up. And like you said, Carter's in play, Tyree Wilson, and it's a unique position the Seahawks are in because it's not often a playoff team is picking in the top five. So I think they'll be looking for an instant impact kind of guy who could help them maybe push to win that NFC West with the Niners mm-hmm. having their quarterback troubles. Uh, Cardinals don't look like they're ready to compete. Rams still kind of reeling from the <laughs> Rams, Super Bowl. But, yeah, who knows yeah. what's going on over there. So I mean, they don't even have a backup quarterback on their team right now. So th- there is a window for the Seahawks over there. So I think they're, they're going to want the guy who could help them the most right away. And I think Jalen Carter might be the pick there. And they did also just lose uh, – Speaking of the Seahawks defensive line, Quentin Jefferson signed with the Jets. So Breaking that's an news. interesting pickup. Um, you, you signed him yourself, GM. You, you I did, yeah. And it was interesting <laughs> because there was no rumors of it or anything, and that's because I keep a low profile. I <laughs> uh, run a tight ship. No rumors are getting out of my building. And I just made just signed the contract and told the Twitter account to put it out there. None of the beat reporters are on it. I gotta ask good. you a question, Mr. GM. What are you thinking with pick number thirteen? What can can I ask that question? You know, we don't have like 
millions of people listening yeah. on this on this podcast. So, I mean, is there anywhere anywhere you're uh, you're leaning here with this pick? Yeah, well, that's the beauty of it is that this is a place where us GMs can speak our minds quite freely because it's only in a, an exclusive contingent of fans who are listening. So I, I got to tell you, I think I'm thinking offensive line with our 13th overall pick. Roderick Jones is a guy I like, Paris Johnson, but I'd love me some Peter Skaronsky. I hope he gets there. Peter Skaronsky. The consensus mock draft to says, myself here to Philly. yeah, I guess I got to ask you, are you going to draft him? Because <laughs> that's what the consensus says. So, but it's got to come straight from you. Listen, that's what the consensus mock draft, you know, is saying. And and my my former the former GM of the team that I'm now running, Harry Rosewood, loves his his uh his trenches. You know, his offensive lineman, his his defensive lineman. But you know, myself here, I lo- I look at my team. I, I see a bunch of winners, except for the last game of the season where it mattered most. Uh, but I I look at a group of men that. You know, I, I need an impact player. And, you know, I'm, I'm just saying here now as the GM of the Eagles, I'm not drafting an offensive lineman at pick number number 10. I won't do that. So I'll let Peter Skronsky fall down to you. You, Mr. GM. I appreciate that. You take him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because trenches are trenches. I'm looking at the best interest yeah. for you. And I'm, just like my predecessor, Joe Douglas, I, I'm a trench kind of guy. We're getting hopefully an old very old quarterback coming in, old but talented. I'm I'm still kind of working out the details on that trade, mm-hmm. trying to hold firm to my line in the sand. So I'm not in any rush on that, but I'm in full confidence that it will get done. So I got to prioritize that protection, but I respect that you are, you know, paying some respect to your fellow green flying team in the Northeast. It's, it's like a little brotherhood that we have. So got to look out for each other. And Hey, I mean, maybe later in the draft, we'll, Try to get someone to fall to you. You guys are at 62. We're <laughs> at 42. So maybe there's someone who might have 20 spots down there. <laughs> <laughs> Or we'll trade down and try to pick a kicker so you can get who you want. Kind of set a protection ahead of wow. your slot. We're down to 61. So, so yeah. we're talking Seattle. And then we're talking Detroit here. Uh, where they're in also an interesting spot. A team that can make some noise here in the NFC, like we talked about last week. Where so so you're you're leaning towards Jalen Carter to to Seattle, right? That's that's yeah. where you're going. Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm leaning more Tyree Wilson. I think the off the field stuff scares Seattle a little bit, and I think Jalen Carter will slip a little bit. Won't go too crazy. Um, so I'm going Tyree Wilson uh, out there at at a at five, and I think this is probably where Jalen Carter will stop falling and I'll, I'll have him right now at, at six to the Lions. Yeah, it's a good spot for him. I, I can see that. I think the Seahawks are, you know, kind of value the culture, although, you know, maybe not always. I don't know. They kind of have, they've taken some guys, I think, who might have those questions. But um, I do think these two spots will probably see some order of those two defensive linemen go off the board and, like Detroit, it's just interesting to think about if they can get some defensive talent, especially in that pass rush and the secondary, mm-hmm. really just the whole pass defense. Like they can be a serious team. Like they won nine games last year. They did great offense. They were fifth in scoring. It was just, you know, every game is a shootout with them because they couldn't stop the pass. So if they could get some instant impact out of one of these top ranked 
D-line prospects. And, and they, they made some additions of their own. They got, of course, from your team, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Yeah. Um, so I saw his tweets and I said, the heck with it. Get away from me. Yeah, I guess as a GM, is that something that you look at? You kind of value those tweets and everything? Because I, I, me, I definitely media. look at them. I value social media a lot as I, well. I value it. Um, I saw he just kept tweeting and then deleting and taking shots at our team. And, and I, I didn't want that anymore. And I said, hey, read Blankenship. You're the guy. Yeah, for me, like I'll pull up our team's Twitter account. I'll check the replies and just get ideas for building the roster in there. I think there's a lot of smart ideas from our fans, a lot of educated now, now people. No, bouncing off that, I was just, that just brought into my, in my mind when, when you see like tweet replies, like, do you look at the fans who they, they're saying, oh, we like this guy, draft this guy. Like when you're on, when it, when it comes that day, it's going to be your first draft, of course, but when it yeah. comes to, you know, when you're on that clock, I mean, it's 27. When you tweet that out, we are now on the clock, you know, whatever you may say. And, and, and fans are applying with names. Are you looking at those tweets and, and taking that into consideration of who you're going to draft? Yeah, it, it is something we consider. I think because last year I was the assistant GM and I was in the room and it was heated. Fourth pick with Sauce, I think we all knew. But number 10 with Kara Wilson, there was some debate like we want him or Olave or Jameson Williams and guys are just yelling at each other. It was like, you know, Joe Douglas threw a chair at Robert Sala. What? I can't I can't reveal, you know, who wanted which prospect because that would be unprofessional. Um, but I ended up being the peacemaker and I was like, guys, let's just look at the replies. Let's see what the favorite <laughs> consensus option is, and let's go with that guy. So we pulled it up. The top reply had 21 likes. It was at NYJ Fanatic 2346. And he was like, give wow. me Garrett Wilson. And they were like, you know what? Let's make let's give the people what they want. And they it turned out to well. work. So, you know, that going with yeah. the group thing, the consensus idea tends to work. Wow, this is this is a deep dive into a war room that some people may kind have of never pulling back the curtain. I, some people haven't heard this. I think it's a very unique look into how things work in the NFL. Well, now you're you have total reins, total control over over this this draft of the Jets. Um, so, so who are you leaning here towards the Lions possibly going with with this pick? Yeah, I think like we said, for me, I'll go with Jalen Carter for the Seahawks. I think the Lions will go with Tyree Wilson, and there there are some good corner prospects yeah. also. You know, Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, there so. Are. Uh, those those will also be in consideration because I think the Lions, when we played them, they I mean our receivers were toasting them all day, but unfortunately Zach Wilson was just not hitting our guys. But I saw on film a big weakness in that Detroit secondary, so I could see them going for some cornerback talent here as well. But mm -hmm. the, I feel like the NFL is like a pass rush edge valuing league now, so I think they'll go yeah, with most the edge rusher. Now this is this is an interesting spot here with the Raiders at seven. They could use secondary help. They could use help everywhere. They could use head coach help. They could use GM help. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna do a little shake things a little up here. I'm gonna go Will Levis out there to okay. Las Vegas. 
Give me Will Levis to the Raiders. Yeah, I like that pick because, I mean, the Raiders can't be serious with themselves that they think they have a chance of winning anything in the AFC with Jimmy Garoppolo, which isn't to say he's a terrible quarterback, but, you know, he can make them a competent team for the time being, just be a stable organization, win games, and, you know, make that culture. But they got to find their long-term answer. You're going to deal with Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 years at least. So you got to be able to find someone who could go toe to toe with him. And I'm, I, to Jimmy Garoppolo's credit, he was up 11 against Mahomes in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, but he could not finish the deal. And you need someone who can do that in the future. So I, I like that pick. Um, I'm, I don't think I'm the biggest fan of Levis as a prospect. I think if Anthony Richardson gets to this spot, it would be a no brainer pick. Oh, no, yeah, a kind exactly, of, but... you know, upside swing for the fences. Um, but I could see them going with that. I don't, would I do it? Man, I, cause I just don't love Levis uh, specifically that much. Maybe the Raiders will trade up. I mean, I don't, do they have the ammo to do that? They could. They could I trade mean, up a couple. There's spots. always ammo. Richardson. Right? Yeah. You can always pull it from somewhere unless you're the Rams. So yeah, I mean, I, I'll go with that. I, it might not be the pick that I would make, but. Will Levis here, I could absolutely see it. Okay, okay. So, you know, when, when our final free NFL draft mock draft comes up, we could do – we could make a consensus mock draft. We could do that. So, right now we're locked in Will Levis 7. You know, Atlanta 8, I think this is where the first cornerback comes off the board. And I'm not going to go Gonzalez. I'm going to go Devin Witherspoon out of that, uh, Illinois. I'm going to put him to Atlanta. They could use – Help everywhere, especially in the secondary. They're up, you know, you got AJ Terrell, who's one of the better young quarterbacks in the league. And then you got an aging, like 32 year old Casey Hayward, and then who's, you know, not, not the player he used to be, obviously. So I think if you get a second corner out there with AJ Terrell, uh, that'd be terrific for them. They just signed, you know, world beater Taylor Heineke. Don't know if he'll start or not. Probably not. You got Desmond Ritter, young quarterback. Uh, for them, so they don't need a quarterback. See how he plays out. So I'm going to go with uh, Devin Witherspoon to Atlanta. Yeah, that's a good pick. I mean, both of the or all the quarterbacks are still left with the way we've had it so far. So I agree with that. Either him or Gonzalez, I think, are options here because Falcons, kind of like the Lions, I think were a better offensive team than defensive last year. They could use that secondary help, so I like that spot. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting spot there. The Falcons are kind of like in no man's land, it seems, but it, it all just depends on. Say, does Desmond Ritter take this next step? Not that he played a ton last season. Um, how does he? How does he step up? How does he make plays? Yeah, they're an so, odd team. Uh, I just I just don't really know what their direction is. Like I feel like most teams in the league you could look at them and say, you know where they're at and what their potential path to competing is, but the Falcons are kind of just floating around there because like, you know, Ritter has potential, but he's not the most amazing quarterback prospect. And you know, the Falcons are a decent team, but they don't have a ton of superstar talent. So I don't know. They're kind of just floating around but the nfc south is wide open so who knows it is it is and then uh down here from from number one down to number nine 
Go to the Chicago Bears, get a ton of ammo, ton of picks. Um, I think here, I think they got to go offensive tackle. And I'm sorry I got to do this one to you, uh, GM, but I'm going to go Peter Skaronsky to oh. Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've been speaking to my sources, and most people agree that, you know, as much as we like Skaronsky, we should probably just stop talking about him because he's not going to. <laughs> get past this point here so you know staying home in illinois because you know he's from northwestern stay there in chicago i think it makes a lot of sense uh yeah i definitely it will be offensive line for sure oh yeah it would it would be hard to justify anything else i think bears fans would riot uh, but most likely <laughs> like i mean they'll they'll take their pick like i was surprised when andrew thomas was the giants pick um in that 2020 draft i thought it would be either Werfs or Jedrick Wills. But uh, I like teams will take their pick for of which guy they like, but I think Skaronsky will be the guy. Yeah, I think I think Skaronsky, he could play either guard or tackle. He could fit in well to either of them. So I think that that kind of ability to play anywhere. And he's just a terrific prospect in general. You know, Paris Johnson's also a group he's more just of a tackle itself. So I think Skaronsky gives you that plug and play put him anywhere on the offensive line and he'll play well uh, for Chicago to protect uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, and then here we are, number 10. So what are... Where I'm picking. What's, what's, what's rumbling in the war room right now? You know, it, myself here, you know, I'd love to I'd love to draft a cornerback. Christian Gonzalez, I think, would be an amazing pick here for my team. Um, but my, my former colleague, Hallie Roseman, Probably wouldn't make that pick. Um, you know, we could, you know, Darius Slay's getting up there in age, uh, but he signed for a couple of years. Bradbury extended a couple of years, and Avante Maddox is great in the slot. Um, I'd love, I'd love the cornerback pick. I would, uh, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, you know, give me. I talked about him. Talked about him last last episode. Give me Jackson Smith in Jigba. Okay. That's, Right now, I think adding a, another dynamic to this offense here, uh, Smith and Jigba, perfect ideal, I think, slot receiver um, that you'd want out of a prospect, terrific route runner. He's not not have blazing speed or anything, but he's he's quick, terrific uh, agility on him. You know, that's that's kind of just the, the one downfall on him, I guess, is his speed, which you don't need total breakaway speed from the slot. That's what Quez Watkins has. He has the speed, but he doesn't have anything else. And I think you go the opposite route. Smith and Jigba will give you the route running, the catching, you know, the, the make guys miss, uh, you know, a little drag route, a little slot route, slot route uh, slant route. Um, I think Smith and Jigba would be a perfect addition to the Eagles offense here. I like that pick. I mean, that would be a scary offense. You put him alongside already – one of the best, you know, if not the best duo in AJ, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. And you know, the, as good as the Eagles offense was, I think they could afford to have another, tar, you know, intimidating target in there because, you know, fortunately they had great health from Brown and Devontae Smith last year. They played every game. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, you know, Quez Watkins was the third guy. And like you said, not much of a multifaceted player. And, and if they did have to rely on him, it would be a big drop off. So to be able to add to that with 
JSN, I think, would be a really good pick. He He's one of my favorite, probably my favorite prospect in this draft because it reminds me of Jamar, a lot of Jamar Chase, where you know Chase had the dominant 2019 season, and you know he doesn't play the next season because COVID, and that kind of yeah. raises concerns a little bit. But then he comes out, and it, he turns out to be just as dominant as you expect based on that previous season, uh-huh. despite not playing. And you know Smith Njigba didn't really play this year because of the injuries, but the year before that he was outplaying, or at least playing as well as. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who are first rounders themselves, who both had amazing rookie seasons. And that was when he was younger than them and it was only 19. So he's very impressive to me. And I think like he's interesting in our war room. We have some of these discussions like we're focused on O-line, but if he does get to us here and we haven't signed Odell Beckham, who we're we're in discussions with, I I like him. I, I just got off the phone with his agent for this podcast and we're just not really close right now in the terms. So if that doesn't, you know, play itself out, work itself out before the draft comes and we're on the clock at 13 and there's Jackson Smith and the jig, you can pair him with Garrett Wilson. It's a heated discussion in our war room. Some, some guys are very much in favor of it. And I myself am definitely, I wouldn't say, totally on board with it but uh it's exciting but i like me some o-line so yeah that's the tough thing with these with these ohio state receivers you know they all come out they're good and they even have a better one marvin harrison jr will be in the next draft class who's probably better than olave and wilson and smith and jigba marvin harrison jr is going to be probably a top five pick and i don't expect the eagles to be anywhere near that pick hopefully so and you know smith and jigba in his own right, is a is a terrific player, and obviously, in twenty days or so, my my views could change. Um, but right now, I'd love the pick for Philly. Well, I mean, you'll make it a lot easier for us, so it could be another favor from you guys to help us out, make things a little easier. Because after the chair throwing incident last year, I'm trying to <laughs> not replicate that and make sure we have a peaceful war room, but not too peaceful because Jets fans might remember. Couple year, couple years ago, I think 2019, on the NFL Network broadcast, you could see they were showing the Jets' war room, and Mike McCagnan was just sitting there, completely by himself in an empty war room, nobody around him, and it was like, is this guy even working with his staff? Does anyone even know he's in there? <laughs> That's not what we want to see. We want good chemistry. We want good spirited discussions, sharing of opinions, but can't get over the line like last year and. I think that's why I'm here to bring a level head to the war room, but um, still two picks to go until we get up. Titans at well, eleven. Listen here, I just got yeah. a phone call from okay. Roger Goodell himself. He said, "For this episode only, skip these next two picks of Tennessee and Houston because they don't matter in the NFL world. You know, Houston already picked one, so I need to pick him again. And Tennessee is just Tennessee. So exactly. Skip them." <laughs> Skip them is what he told me and go to the Jets. You know, some players may not be there in the simulation, but they're here for for taking coach at a, at 13. Where are you leaning here? All right. Well, this is not expected. You know, Texans already picked. So just it's not fair to let them pick again. So get them out of here. And like you said, Titans, they're the Titans. Like we don't, we don't pay attention to them. So yeah, we're up back here at 11, but. Despite the leap, two of our favorite guys, <laughs> Skaronsky and 
Jackson Smith and Jigba still aren't here, but we do get to select between two of our favorite tackle prospects, Broderick Jones and Paris Johnson. So I think this is a going to be a, it'll be a debate in the war room, but I think it'll be a, a good spirited one because I think we'll all be happy with either one of these guys. Um, we had success with an Ohio state offensive player last year in the first round. Um, Roger Jones is also a very good talent. Uh, this is a tough one, but I'm going to go with Paris Johnson. We're going to keep the Ohio wow. state juju going. We're going to keep that chemistry in the building, but, uh, I think he's a good fit for the scheme. I think he could slide in for us at either tackle spot, compete with Makai Becton, just see how it all shakes out and be a guy who mm-hmm. has the experience playing against good competition. And Project Jones obviously does as well. But um, I don't think you can go wrong with either of these two guys, but we'll go with Paris Johnson here. And I think we trust him to protect Aaron Rodgers this season. Oh, wait a minute. I just tampered. Darn it. That could have been my job. You just <laughs> if I don't hear from you next week, I know they've they've come and they got you. You're out of a job. We'll we'll edit uh, that one out. <laughs> um yeah, I think here for the Jets it's it's a toss up, you know, because the Titans or the Texans didn't pick and maybe one of them one of them or both of them maybe, who knows, go in these next two picks. Um yeah, it's a toss up between Paris Johnson and Broderick Jones. I think, you know, for the Jets, do they – who's playing right tackle for the Jets? Is it well, George, that's what, uh, Dwayne yeah, that's Brown? Or? Up to debate right now. I think right now it would be Makai Becton because, I mean, Dwayne Brown's only played left tackle in his very long career, so it doesn't seem like he's going to change at this point, whereas Becton did play both sides at Louisville. so And he was going to play right tackle last year before he got hurt. So it would be Becton at right tackle right now. But I think ideally we want to get Becton over to left tackle, find a right tackle, but uh, he could do either. Okay, yeah. I think right now I'll probably just keep it Paris Johnson uh, for the Jets. I think he's maybe just a little more of a a pass protector himself. But Broderick Jones is, you know, he could do both great mauler on the run game. Uh, you know, I could I could change here. I haven't dived into my total 24 hours straight, you know, scouting, no sleep, wasted. Um, Do you spend right now, 24 just, hours on one guy? Because I don't know how you get through all the prospects that way. <laughs> no, I, I kind of just look at, like, groups. Like, I'll do 24 hours on, say, some of the top, like, quarterbacks, okay. offensive tackles. You know, I do groups. And then, and then like, a couple of days before the draft, I'll just have no sleep, just straight dive, run down, run through all those prospects, and then dive into guys, you know, the undrafted players, and and you know, look through all all. And then, then we could both players. we could both admit once day three gets here, we're kind of just googling guys as the draft goes <laughs> on, right? We don't get to that part. No, those 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 don't matter really. Well, that was a that was a fun episode. I loved it. Uh, that was a fun rundown. You know, maybe next episode we go from 11, 12, 14, and then go down a little bit. Um, but that was a great episode. We'll be back next week. Uh, see you guys next time.